Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Kim Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And we are here in Hipster Central. It's even located on Pickle Road. We are at Leroy and Lewis, and you're listening to the sound of a freshly made chicharroni. Um, we are here with... Evan Leroy. And Brad Robinson. And you guys, uh, thank you so much for having us out here. Of course. Um, we've been trying to, to get you on the show and, and synchronize everything, so it's been great, finally. Um, amazing food we've been following evan for far too long um andrew's just going to make way too much noise with his i turned the mic off (laughs) it's that loud but it's that fresh too it's that good Um, too it is and and fresh is one of the things we'll we'll certainly hit on here because um it it i don't think it can literally get any fresher um you know i'm joking about hipster but i'm i'm also not but not in a bad way um, you know, you've got in this facility, you've got an herb and vegetable garden that, as you mentioned, I mean, the tomatoes from the, the tomatoes today came from the herb and vegetable garden like 50 feet away. Yeah, well, yeah, we're lucky enough to be able to use the produce that we can grow right here. I mean, we don't plant it. They have uh, uh, gardeners that work here and kind of tend to the beds and kind of keep the grounds looking nice and keep everything growing and really lush. Uh, we just get to reap the benefits of it. So we try to be good neighbors to them. No, very cool, and and I mean, it, you can taste it. And we had talked the last time we were here; uh, there were some herbs that that had come from the garden. And I mean, it literally tasted, which is what it is. I mean, just fresh snapped off the vine. I mean, mm-hmm. amazing, amazing flavors. And, and it's one of the things you do. And you've got a chef background, and you, and you've won some competitions as well. Um, let's go back a little bit and tell us about your history, how you got into cooking, and how you yeah. got into cooking smoked meats. Well, uh, I started cooking. I was always interested in food growing up. I started cooking barbecue specifically when I was younger, just kind of in the backyard with my dad. I was always uh, watching a lot of Food Network growing up. Bobby Flay, uh, Alton Brown, um, Iron Chef. um, And I went away to college at Florida State. I started working in restaurants there in a seafood restaurant. And then I started like cooking for my roommates and kind of showing them stuff from Texas like, you know, these are Tex-Mex enchiladas, this is a Frito pie, this is how you make fajitas. Uh, And they were all really, really into it and we always liked grilling. Um, But we didn't really do any barbecue there. Uh, My first real barbecue experience was after college I moved to New York City and I worked at Hill Country Barbecue. After that, uh, well, yeah, just kind of three three years there. Uh, had a really good time. Learned a lot. Learned how to cook for volume. Uh, Hill Country was, was kind of one of the first Texas places to really get into New York. I know yeah. they're serving Kreitz sausage and things like mm-hmm. that. So they were they were one of the earlier ones that we had heard about. You know, before obviously Billy Durney's gone and done amazing things in New York now. Yeah. But uh, so you were there around what what time was this? 2000? Uh, 2000. I lived in New York from 2009 to 2012. And I worked at Hill Country most of that time. Man, they, they get the aesthetic right on. They hit the nail right on the head. Mark Glosserman, the owner, is from Lockhart. And uh, they have really good food and they have really, really amazing ambiance. It's amazing. You're outside and there's taxis whizzing by and 
it's loud and it's the city and you step inside and it smells like smoke and there's Robert O'Keefe playing and it's just like you know I started working there because I felt at home there because I started going there and I just liked being there. So even though a, a Texas background, was that your first experience with Texas smoked meats? Or did you have some first commercial experience here? Anyway, yeah. yeah, well, I had done like a very, very <laughs> small amount of catering stuff back here, kind of while I was going to culinary school. After I kind of skipped that part. After Florida State, I uh, came back to Austin, went to culinary school here, kind of like an abbreviated six-month program. Um, and in that time... I did a little bit of catering just on like my dad's backyard smoker, like for like their business, you know, for like lunch or whatever. I've got to point out that Evan's dad's a very proud dad. Anytime we post, a, <laughs> every time we post a Leroy and Lewis picture, one of the first likes we get is from your dad. Yeah, he'll <laughs> like it. He'll retweet it. He has his Twitter like he'll get notifications on his watch whenever I tweet anything. Even if it, even if it's just like a retweet of like I don't know something ridiculous or boring. shout out to Gary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. He's no, great. great. Yeah. No, he's great. great. And he still works with us a lot today. He's going to Chicago with us. He went to Red Dirt. And he, uh, you know, just went to the Birthright Barbecue in Dallas with us. So. I mean, you've yeah. you've been around quite a bit, um, and we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. Kind of some of the things you've been doing lately. Um, did you have any any barbecue experiences as a consumer in Texas? I mean, any. Oh yeah. What was that that first big hit that turned you on to barbecue? It was never like it was just something I grew up with. You know, it was all it was omnipresent. Every uh, student, and like en every end of the year, uh, you know, student ceremony. Every uh, end of the season athletic ceremony. Anytime anybody had a birthday, anytime anybody had anything, we always went to the Salt Lake. Always, always, always. I went to the Salt so many times when I was growing up. All you can eat. Yeah, all Dude, you that can was, eat. That was such an amazing thing. Yeah. One thing I like about the Salt is that you can put their sauce on every single thing, and it makes it taste better. So, Brad, let's get a little bit about your background in barbecue. How did you get started in this crazy business? My background is a lot like a lot of people where I had that first bite that really kind of changed everything. But unlike a lot of people that are in this industry, I did not grow up with it. I grew up in New Hampshire. Then I went to college in Maine, and I got my bachelor's degree there, and then I got my degree in audio engineering. So after that, I was looking for a, a good, vibrant music scene and a fun place to spend the rest of my 20s. So and you must be marveling at the quality of this podcast recording oh yeah, equipment. It's so here. good. <laughs> but this is high-end stuff right here, buddy. Oh, yeah. Best of the best. <laughs> Just try to keep the cables out of the sauce. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so after, after college, I moved down to Austin. And I pursued my audio career for the first couple of years, but it was very uh, hit or miss. I was doing a lot of freelance stuff, so it was uh, not consistent pay. So then I hopped into the service industry for supplementary income and that. And then, uh, so I did that until I joined Freedman's. But on the meantime, when I moved down, one of the first things I did was try the barbecue because I knew nothing about it. Growing up, I, there's no barbecue in the Northeast. Maybe pulled pork. Is that like growing up? I didn't like ribs because you know it's just like stuck in your teeth and like this, <laughs> the thick glaze, like uh, like baby back ribs from yeah. chilies. Yeah, that was my definition of ribs. Oh, my baby back. It was terrible. Back baby. Everybody knows. But uh, so when I told people I was moving to Austin, they said, "Are you going to go down and try the brisket?" And I said, "What is brisket?" I had to Google it, and I just see this black meat. I'm like, "I like my steak medium rare, guys. I'm not going to try that." 
So I was down here, and on my way down, we, me and my buddy were doing some research about the local scene. We watched a No Reservations episode where Bourdain goes to Franklin and uh, Jay Miller and does that whole episode. So we're like, all right, that looks pretty good. We'll give it a shot. So I went to Jay Miller. turned out to be Law Barbecue. It was their opening week on South First. So that was my first bite. John Lewis was there, and uh, I ate it, and I was just blown away because I, I didn't know that beef could be served like that because like, all, all I've ever had is burgers and steaks. So then having that just really just changed my whole perspective on food in general. And then I started cooking in the backyard, trying to recreate it because it was too expensive for me to eat every day. <laughs> and uh, I, it just became an obsession. And I just kept going and going until I was cooking more than I wanted to eat. So at that point, I said, all right, let's try to, try to get a job doing this, see if I can get paid to do this. And that's what led me to Friedman's where I met Evan. And then the rest is history. All right, so now we've got we've got Evan at Friedman's. How did that happen? Uh, I was I moved back here from New York. My wife and I were yeah. I so we 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 moved back because I wanted to open a Tex-Mex food truck. Uh, funny enough, Valentina's wasn't open yet, but it, they they opened very uh, shortly after that. So, so like a Tex-Mex like, barbecue food truck. Yeah, yeah, oh, wow. that's that's kind of what I wanted to do to begin with. I kind of thought the food that we do now, like what we do, kind of a higher level outside the box, that was kind of always in the back of my mind, but maybe a second or third concept. I wasn't necessarily confident enough in my cooking skills yet to jump outside the box like that. Um, I think there's still a, a touch, I mean, with the barbacoa, there's even a, oh, a touch of that chicharrones. I mean, I grew up here, so, yeah. I mean, there's... Mexican food just creeps into every single thing I make anyway. Uh, but I was looking for food truck equipment online. I found just a Craigslist ad for Friedman's. And uh, my interview process was kind of funny. I went and had an interview with Quattro, the owner there. And he's like, all right, you know, we kind of seem to see eye to eye. We have this, you know, and kind of invited over to my house. And uh, I cooked brisket and ribs and sausage for him. He took like two bites and was ready uh, to hire me. And and when you started cooking there, was it was it pretty much the same food you were cooking? You gave a sample of? Is there were there changes that you had to make as you went into volume production? Oh, there was uh, a lot of well, I was used to volume coming from free uh, coming from Hill Country, but uh, I mean the initial menu at Friedman's was a little more like what we do here. I mean we had quail, we had charcuterie, uh, we had head cheese. It was really kind of adventurous and we really had to pair pair back and uh, you know focus on just the basics um, and we started turning out some really good food your um, your bark on your brisket we've talked about many times right we're bark sharks and um, regardless of the quality of everything else your bark is unprecedented thank you um, did you have that always is that something that you built over time you know, so it, it doesn't uh, seem accidental. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, anytime anybody's doing something, I really like to try to kind of turn the other direction and do something completely different. So saw a lot of people wrapping in paper. Uh, my dad had always taught me to wrap in foil, and that's what we did initially at Friedman's uh, until uh, it was kind of accidental the way we learned to do this. My sous chef then, he's always been one of my best friends. Uh, he like didn't close the foil when he was checking on the doneness of it. So he kind of left it really sloppily like open and we had kicked the heat up to try to finish them off because they weren't done yet. 
and it like it had a really nice crust. It was really crusty and the bottom was still really juicy. And I was kind of, light bulb went off and I was like, all right, well, let's kind of lean into this. We started kind of making the little boat and kind of crimping the foil down and really doing it with intent instead of just like an accident. Uh, and just eventually developed this way of doing it and works out really well. I mean, I, I think unique among barbecue chefs, I mean, there's, there's wrapping in foil, there's wrapping in paper, there's wrapping in nothing, um, yeah. there's wrapping afterwards, but, but the boat, I, I don't know of anybody else that right. does it. Well, it gives a really signature texture and flavor to, to your brisket that we know, you know, we, we could have gone to your truck the day you opened and your name wasn't on it, we would have known that was your brisket from eating it at Freedom's. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's just, it's a signature, and it's and it's a pretty dang good signature to have. Yeah. I, I think it was one of the first road trips that Brian and I went on together, we went to Freedman's. And it was, it, the, the food that you guys were putting out, and I know, Brad, you joined, um, I don't know if you were there that first trip or not, but the food you guys were putting out was just next level good. And we, it, it always shocked us that as Austin was huge into wines, you could walk into Friedman's on Saturday at, a, at five o'clock and get a full menu experience, mm-hmm. you know, sitting down and it just and blew nice us away. Mm-hmm. And a nice glass yeah. of whiskey. And a nice glass of whiskey or bourbon. Yeah, it incredible was, joint for yeah, it, it was. It was a really great experience, as you know, for, from a consumer standpoint. And obviously, the the accolades came with that. Um, you know, the Texas Monthly List and those type of things. You know, started creeping up. Um, I think you, you guys opened too late for the 2013 list. Is that correct? Yeah, or? yeah. We've we've. Uh, that's kind of been a pattern for me. <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> opening just a little too late to make the list. Um, that's fine though. <laughs> we'll be on there eventually. I can wait. Yeah, yeah I, I think uh, sure. I take, take that bet. Yeah. I mean, as, as far as wrapping with uh, foil and paper, though, I try to explain this to a lot of the cooks here, too. It's like they're two, you know, you, you wouldn't use two different tools in the same way. Right. You don't use a hammer the same way that you use a screwdriver. So you don't wrap a brisket in paper the same way that you would wrap it in foil. You have to use it differently. Um, and I think the way that we utilize it makes it come out good. One of the other things that um, I, at least I feel like you're known for is the sausage. Um, tell us a little bit about your sausage background, and I mean what you what you're doing is again just like most of the stuff, very unique taste. But how did you get into sausage, and and why do you do what you do today? Well, we had to make sausage at Friedman's. It was absolutely necessary. You know, you trim you trim so many briskets and so many ribs that you have to use the scraps. Uh, you can't and and be I think it some people may not may not know that, but if you watch if you watch a high end joint trimming briskets, there's a significant amount of fat. I mean, even us. I mean, I know we've cut three pounds of fat off a 14 pound brisket. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not unusual. Maybe more. I, I've, I mean, I, I cry sometimes when I see there's meat coming off along with that fat, but it, it's a shaping of the brisket and it's needed yeah. for a particular style. Well, here we don't uh, throw anything away. Even, even the fat, you know, you see a lot of people trimming briskets, the fat will go right into the garbage, but we'll grind it, render it, and then we'll use that fat to come feed our beef cheeks. Yeah, the beef cheeks. Yeah. we, we got to talk about the beef <laughs> okay. cheeks. Because the beef cheeks are special. But let, let's, okay, well, let's kind of try to take this chronologically. I know we're not good at that most of the time, but um, so you're at Freeman's. You've, you've really started to build your profile. Brad's at Freeman's. It's, you're getting to the point now where you, you the original plan was always to have your own business. Um, mm-hmm. So when did that start become a reality of, okay, it's, it's time for me to make that jump? Uh, we had a really, really solid team. I was really happy with the talent that we have there. 
with Christopher and Brad and Juan and Lane and Joel uh, and everybody who was there. It was amazing. We had a, a talented pit master for every day of the week. It was good. It was <laughs> so nice. Oh, and, and Chris is Chris McGee, who's at Style yeah. Switch, and yeah. Lane is Mickelweight. Uh, Mickelweight. Yeah. So, so these people uh, have gone on to Right, so it's kind of time, right? you know, and I felt really comfortable enough there to step away. Uh, and it was just, it was, it was time to open up uh, our own thing, you know. We had, you know, conversely, or sorry, we had in parallel been uh, meeting and talking with Nathan and Sawyer, our partners here, uh, for about two years about doing something like this. Um, and the time was just right. It was right for me and Sawyer, and we were just ready to go for it. So it's a good transition into obviously Nathan and Sawyer, or Nathan Sawyer Lewis, the Lewis part of Laura and Lewis. Mm -hmm. um, and so let's let's talk a little bit about. I know there are big plans for the future of what Leroy and Lewis is and is going to become. Um, but for right now, you guys are serving six days a week right now? Five, uh, Five Wednesday to Sunday, lunch and dinner. Okay, close Monday, Tuesday, lunch yeah. and dinner, which dinner barbecue in Austin is still hard to find. Good dinner barbecue is still right. hard to find. Um, so it's really awesome that you can come here and get, and the dinner menu changes and we'll get into kind of some of the, the rotating menu items. But you did something when you'd opened this truck that I thought was both brilliant and incredibly ballsy. You decided to serve brisket one day a week. Yeah. In Texas. <laughs> that it's took a, a lot it's a of guts. It's a truck that says barbecue. You're in Texas. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of days when you're not going to get brisket here. That's so, true. So what the hell were you thinking of? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I think you're a genius well, person. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I've heard on y'all's show before that you know other people want to do it too. Right. So it's like you know I'm got to be onto something, right? Yeah. Yeah. We hate cooking brisket. We, we just hate it. <laughs> It, doesn't I, it suck? Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, we can do the we can do beef cheeks and we can do we can do the pulled pork. We can do everything in yeah. like four to five hours less. Yeah. And the only thing that takes that time is brisket. It's the brisket. Yeah, and gonna... and you know, again, I mean, your beef cheek is better than it's not necessarily better than your brisket. It's two different kinds of meat, but, but it's, it's better, better than, than a lot of people's. It's brisket. better than a lot of <laughs> yeah. people's brisket. And I mean, there's so much more out there than just brisket. Um, right. You know and. It, and, and, and it's I think, not overdone, but there's a I, lot of I think of the next round of Leroy and Lewis shirts should say there's much more out there than just brisket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a pretty good tagline yeah, because yeah. Reach beyond that's, brisket. that's one of the yeah. things that I find refreshing about your menus is you can, and, you know, well, fortunately, unfortunately, I'm not an Austinite, but if I lived in Austin, I could come here all the time and get a different experience. Get something different every day. And that's awesome. And, you know, I, there's, there's definitely a place for barbecue that you know exactly what it's going to be every time you go there. And there are... 99% of the barbecue places you go to are like that. But as people like us that look for something different, look for something new and innovative, it's I, I think it's fantastic that week to week, day to day, you can have something different when you come to this truck. You have to remember that brisket was not always the number one go-to meat. It, it wasn't. Know, the, just like the people before us, they took this tradition of live fire, open cooking, preserving meat, and put their own spin on it you know Aaron basically perfected it where do we go from there you're gonna you open up in Austin and you're gonna and try to outcook Aaron Franklin or Law Barbecue or Tom Mickaway no you get like you have to change the conversation uh, and that's what we wanted to do you know this is as stewards of this uh, as people who kind of take up this barbecue banner 
and carry it into the next generation. We got to put our own spin on it and do something interesting and different. You know, I always said there was no, there's like, I love barbecue, but how do you reconcile, you know, eating this commodity meat over and over and over again? Um, and that's really, that's the driving force behind what we do is because, you know, we cooked the beef cheeks because we had a bunch of orders for brisket the week we opened at South by Southwest and 44 Farms couldn't source them. So what do you do? You go to something else. Okay, give me something that's cheaper that I can cook in a similar way. And, you know, that's what we do every day. We point people toward, hey, sorry, we don't have brisket. Yeah, that's kind of the whole point of, that's why we exist is to not cook brisket every day. But try the beef cheeks, they're really good. Uh, and half the people are like, uh, no thank you. <laughs> and half the people, yeah, and half the people, you know, uh, well not half, I would say more than half would eat it and love it and they'll come back, um, you know, and in some cases become regulars, so. Yeah, a lot of people are turned off by the idea of cheek when they're looking for brisket. So it's a just a clutch move every time. Just hand them a little bite, like a little right. burn end, you know, like they do at all the all the, big the Miller family exactly. Thing, right? Just just here's a little like, sample cup. Here's a, here's a we, we do that with pulled pork sometimes at our pop ups, and like so many people were averse to pulled pork, and we're like, just just try a little, you know? Yeah. Don't, don't it's, it may not be what you're used to. Yeah. It may be better. Right. Um, it works it, every time though. You know, yeah. if someone's like, I don't want cheek. That sounds weird. Yeah. And you give them one bite, like, all right, I'll have a pound. Shut yeah. up and eat it. And <laughs> even at a lot of caterings, you know, we'll be cutting cheeks and people are like, give me that brisket. It's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes just don't even tell them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah just take it. Yeah. yeah. It's beef. It's, yeah. it's well, sliced beef. We must yeah. confess, yeah, we, we did barbacoa for our most recent pop up in which Evan gave us some great tips on it. And the, uh, we, we didn't have the guts to tell people it was beef cheek. We just told them barbacoa. They didn't ask, yeah. and so we didn't say. Right. You know, and because people don't eat beef cheek, but they go to Chipotle and eat bar what they think is barbacoa yeah. all the time. So and it's the same stuff. It's sliced beef. It's sliced pork. It's sausage. It's right. picnic style sides. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just it's another true. piece of the cow. It's not. You yeah. Know, we're not talking about necessarily uh, uh, lingua or uh, lingua. What's, what's, what's the eye? What's the eye? Uh -oh. Eyes. Ojos. Ojos, yes. Oh, we're not so talking white. about Ojos. <laughs> easy Tiger, so are you. Um, so anyway, Easy Tiger is another restaurant here in Austin. Um, so let's nice. keep going about uh, about about this restaurant, though. That's what's important. Um, you know, again, you put your spin on it. You've got a truck, and and you're in an interesting location for mm -hmm. now. Um, let's talk a little bit about the truck, though. So yeah. there's a little history with this one. There is. Uh, so the truck came from Smoky Denmark. We kind of heard about it before it was on the market. Uh, Bill Dumas, who had worked on the truck before, uh, let us know that it was on the market and we worked with those guys over there and luckily, you know, got it for a really good price and we just got lucky a lot. We got lucky with, you know, our, uh, you know, small amount of investors. We got lucky with the truck. We got lucky with the space. Um, yeah, but, but along with that is the skill to make this food. So, right. Um, well, and it starts with the quality product, and that's yeah. a really important part of the Laura and Lewis menu, is the the quality of the meat and the sides and the produce and everything that goes into the, your menu. Um, so, talk a little bit about how how carefully you guys select your meat and select what goes on the menu in terms of the herbs, the vegetables, the you know the product itself. Yeah. So, basically, when we're putting the menu together. Uh, for the coming week, uh, what, it, what I like to have is sliced beef, sliced pork, uh, a sausage, and maybe a poultry. Um, and then, depending on the season, you know, maybe two cold sides and one hot side. 
And, you know, that's kind of easy stuff that we can execute from the truck. When you say easy, this is not easy. Well, no, no I mean, but stuff like, think about these tomatoes and these cucumbers. You know, this morning, it was just like whole cucumbers that were in the fridge and rice vinegar that was in a jug and sambal that was in a jug. But there's no prep have, that needs to be done for it. You just cut it up and mix it right there. So that's the kind of things that we want to do. It's really easy, really fresh stuff like that. Um, and as far as the rest of the menu goes, it's mostly about sourcing. It's what we can get a hold of. Uh, being, uh, you know, a small uh, operation, you know, we don't have to, we're not required to source like hundreds of briskets a week, you know, so we can work with small farms and we can really get deals on some things and, um, you know, if they have extra of, you know, whatever cut that they're not using, they'll kind of cut us a deal on that. Um, so sometimes you'll see different kind of weird cuts on the menu for that reason, but, you know, it's really, it all comes down to sourcing. Everything has to be from Texas. Uh, it has to be, like, the, the lowest quality that we source is 44 farms. That's like the highest quality that everybody else is sourcing. So our beef is coming from either uh, 44 for the Cheeks or um, Peeler Ranch sometimes for some other offcuts. Uh, or Heartbrand Akaushi for the brisket. Uh, for the pork, we have one pork purveyor. They deliver in either a half hog or a or like thirds of a peaceful hog. Peaceful pork. Yeah, peaceful pork. We do a lot of house butchering. Brad has really uh, been doing you, you a lot of that they, lately. You said they deliver in thirds. Yeah. So you're getting a, a, a third of a hog a at third, a time. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. We'll, essentially a whole hog in pieces. Yeah. Uh, yeah or you're a, actually or breaking a half, it down yeah. here. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, that's why the chicharrones popped up because he yeah. he ran out of time to uh, take the skin off of his ham this week. So he's like, "Skin on." Feel Sorry, free to I'm run like, out of time again because yeah, they're like, really good. It's the rancher who's delivering it to us. It's the guy it's who amazing. harvested yeah. the pig like who's delivering you know? it to us, and nobody else has that kind of sourcing. Right. Even if they're getting You're the picking highest the vegetables quality they from can 50 get. feet away, yeah, the rancher's dropping off the meat exactly. at your doorstep. I mean, that is. Um, you can certainly tell by the flavors. I mean, um, we're not like Daidui. We still open cans of ketchup and gallons of mustard to make our sauce, you know, but... And we still use black pepper that's obviously not from here, but the main components have to be sourced better than anybody else can. Um, all local farms, all the pork is pastured, all the poultry that we use is pastured. Well, I mean, that's that's a testament to, to a real commitment to a certain type of service and a certain type of menu. Um, which we're going to have you back on the show once the Lauren Liz becomes a restaurant because I want to yeah. see how you're going to do this. I guess I'll see you in about four or five years. <laughs> <laughs> God, I hope it's not that long. <laughs> we do too, although we love coming to the truck. But yeah, yes, but yes, yes we, we're yeah, looking forward to the and days of sitting down in your brewery slash restaurant. Now, now, I do want to say for people that come here to your truck, there is actually an indoor area. Yeah. They can buy your food. They can go sit inside in the air conditioning, mm -hmm. use the restroom, and drink cold drinks in there. Yeah, there's really good so craft you're beer. you're not stuck yeah. to, we, we joke a lot, maybe not joke, but we talk a lot about food trucks in Austin that, you know, yeah. you're, you're outside, you're at a porta potty. That's that's actually not the case here. No, no, no. So that, it's, that's something it's that's really important nice to say. here. I mean, I'm sure you can hear the waterfall on the mic, uh, but it's really peaceful. It's really serene. You know, we've got misters on. We've got shade from the trees. And yeah, if it is over in the three digits, and you can go inside. Yeah, it's very, very nice. Um, so it, it's not—it's a little unexpected because it's still a trailer, a food trailer park. But 
We were out here for a full year with none of this stuff here. So that was I, I that was that, a proving yeah. ground. You're slightly for sure. the truck was, was over there. That was a yeah. long year. <laughs> that was a horrible. I mean, we look back on it now. Hopefully, the same way that we'll look back on the truck when we get it a brick and mortar. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's one thing. I mean, you, you talk about the prep that it's that it's not complicated, and, and you talk about breaking down the animals, I mean, but you're doing this in a trailer. Yeah. And, you know that that is that is difficult because you yeah. don't have a lot of room in there. Um, and, and you're doing so many meats. I mean, even though you may not be doing brisket every day, I mean, we're looking at, at, at four meats plus sausage on our tray right, right now. If, if this plate of food was served on white linen, it would be phenomenal. The fact that what you're doing, you're doing out of a truck is kind of just unbelievable. That's where that's why we like to say new school barbecue, old school service, because we're not, you know, this is still served on butcher paper. It's still scooped into paper boats. It's still the service of barbecue, uh, which we really wanted to preserve. It's not a plated dish. It's not, uh, you know, we're so far away from something like STQ, uh, you know, but at the same time, we're very similar. But yeah, I was just saying, yeah, I mean, to, to Andrew's point and to your point, if you took this food and you plated it on, on those plates yeah. and served it on those tables, yeah. that, that's what it would be comparable to. Um, and and that's, it's, it's a very different experience. I do have to ask animals. one menu question, though, because I've always been curious. Yeah. Evan, do you hate cooking pork ribs? <laughs> oh, <the laughs> Man, pork if, ribs. We, if Sloan could cut us pork ribs, I would be cooking pork ribs all the time. <laughs> I love cooking pork ribs. We were just eating some at the Switch yesterday that Chris cooked. Uh, there they're there are amazing. never pork ribs on the menu, and you were out of town, and all of a sudden I saw pork ribs on yeah. the menu. I was like, oh, Evan's away, and they're cooking pork ribs. <laughs> Is there a reason for this? Well, if somebody requests pork ribs for a catering, gotcha. we'll cook them, we'll purchase them, we'll buy them, and then we'll throw the rest on the menu. Uh, you know, reluctantly... You got to do some things to, you know, make the money. And if we can't source the right pork ribs, Makes you know, sense. then we're not going to serve them on the menu all the time. But what we will do is if somebody says, hey, guys, it's my wedding and I really want pork ribs, uh, we're going to cook some yeah, pork ribs for turn them. That down, and yeah. then we're not going to throw the case away. We're just going to cook them and put them on the menu. So somebody have a wedding so that we can eat yeah. pork ribs. <laughs> yeah, that's a secret. Just yeah, book us. Please book do us. it. For a catering every if single we, day. Yeah, if we if we have a listener that's looking to get married, come talk to us. We'll uh, we'll hook you up with Evan. Catering, and, yeah. just look us up online. There you go. There you go. And then we get us some pork ribs. Invite I us love to the pork wedding. Ribs. So. You know, I at the brick and mortar, ribs. I would love to do more like what we did at the Houston Austin Barbecue Throwdown, the bacon rib. You know, yes. kind of thinking, taking something like that, like pork ribs, and presenting it in a super different way, like that. The bacon rib. It's almost like a beef rib. You know, so people can relate to it in that way. But it's still a pork rib, as in it's still pork rib meat on a pork bone. Right. Uh, how, how did you do in that throwdown? We uh, came in. I think we wiped the floor with them. <laughs> was, it a, was it a double win? I'm not, I don't remember. <laughs> Congrats also to John Brotherton. Yeah. 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 Shout yeah, out so, to John. Yeah. So, yeah. If, if you aren't aware by now, this is a while ago now. But, yes, uh, there was an Austin-Houston barbecue throwdown presented by Houston Barbecue in St. Arnold. And... Uh, Leroy and Lewis and Brotherton tied for, was it People's Choice? And then Leroy and Lewis won the Judges' Choice or vice versa. Either way, you guys came in first in both things. So you kicked yeah, using congratulations that. Congratulations well, on that. We do have to give a shout-out to Patrick Fegis. I cooked on his pit down there. Uh, and he also wasn't competing, so we didn't have to compete against him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, get it, we'll get you down there again. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe we'll compete. In all honesty, I love Houston barbecue. You know, Bragels is amazing. I haven't been to Tejas. Um, you know, I haven't been to a lot of the really important places, but uh, 
Fit Room's fantastic. It, it's really changed over the last yeah. few years. It's, it's hard to keep really, up with. Really good. It, it is, even yeah. for us. I mean, yeah. and the most recent one is Reveille, which is just yeah. around the corner from my house. But it, it just, every week, it seems like mm-hmm. there's a new place in Houston. And unlike Austin, it's, it's a brick and mortar because mm-hmm. that's actually, you know, Austin is very favorable to food trucks. Yeah. And uh, the regulations are very favorable versus Houston, which, um, I mean, you see a few pop-ups and a few food trucks here and there, but even those move into brick and mortars. I think Brooks Place is... And now Willows, but those are really about the only two. Yeah, there aren't a whole. I mean, there are some smaller, I think smaller ones. And Victorian is yeah. moving into a brick and mortar. Right. So, but what's uh, as we sit here and we talk about food trucks, what, what can you tell us about the future of Leroy and Lewis and what what that future hopefully will be holding? Well, eventually, if we can find a space that has every single thing that we need. Uh, we'll have a brew pub. That was the initial idea. We wanted to get started. We realized it would be a long time until we found the right place. So we started with a food truck. It's not going to be a small place when you do move no, into a brick no, and mortar. No, no, no. We want it to be pretty big. We want to see a couple hundred people. Nice big smokehouse that we're modeling after the switch. <laughs> <laughs> that, so is, that is the, that's so yeah. beautiful. Yeah, that is yeah. The, the, yeah. the smokehouse. Yeah, I think all of us everybody. that are kind of into this world kind of like walk into that place and shed a tear. Right. <laughs> You're like, this is, this is what life can be. Like, this is pretty awesome. The only thing is that we'll have our own smokers in there. So we'll right. have our own thousand gallon. We'll have our own huge. Yeah, we, yeah, we uh, cannot end the show cooker. without talking about the uh, the pit building that goes on yeah. at Leroy right. Lewis. <laughs> Because we are we are fans uh, of that. But yeah, different types of smokers for sure. Right. And that, yeah, let's talk about and both brewing, of those things. So. And catering, and a, maybe a pit building room. Pork <laughs> ribs. I like that. It's hard, to find a space with, it's hard to find a space with all this stuff. Right. So right. yeah, I mean it'll, it'll come though. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, we talked a little bit before the show. You know, I mean, you're looking for a very specific place in mind. Right, and, and we can't come it's out. It's hard to find that. And you know. We can't come into a t- like we can't go into a tiny little place like say well Friedman's I mean like Friedman's I mean, yeah, or even like that's you know, a very small building. get it going real bootstrappy like 2M right you know, we can't do that we need to buy brewing equipment and we need to like have a place that is nice where we can present all this you know nice and also expensive food yeah um, it's gotta look good yeah and and it, and it will I I think it's not gonna take your food up a notch but. As you and it would it would no longer be old school service necessarily, but yeah. but it will change a little bit. But it'll transform the food, even though you're gonna it's the same food. We're still gonna have we people you know line up, and we're still gonna cut it right in front of them, and we're still gonna do. That's the that's the part that we want to retain is the service style. You know, cutting right in front of you, saying "Ooh, let me try that," or <laughs> "That looks delicious." What is that? Scooping the sides right in front of you. We still want to retain that. Just add, you know, a tap wall of all of our own beers at the end of it. Sure. sure. And um, so let's talk about the pits and the and the pit building. So, you know, unlike some places, you're not using a, a famous pit builder, um, and you've also done some direct heat stuff recently. So, um, let's talk a little bit about about your offset in general. And and is there anything in particular, without necessarily giving away secrets, anything particular that you like about that pit design over maybe what you've seen elsewhere? About the offset? Yeah. Um, it wasn't on purpose. I you know, read the Franklin book and it essentially said, you can do this by yourself. That's what I took away from it. Not, you know, how to cook a brisket. I think I thought I already knew how to do that or, you know, how to do, you know, X whatever. It was, you can do this by yourself. 
and at the time it was less expensive for me to buy a welder than it was for me to buy a smoker and so I bought the welder and I watched a bunch of YouTube videos <laughs> and and this uh, is a stick stick burner, stick welder? Uh, no, this a is tin? a uh, MIG welder, MIG. but okay. flux core wire. Oh, flux core, I really? Because I was that's That's pretty outside. low end, yeah. That's, yeah. Like, is this a Harbor Freight device? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is Home Depot. But okay. <laughs> it's actually pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, since I was welding outside, you know, I didn't have any, and I didn't have, you know, gas tanks or anything sure. else. I mean, I mean for those just, that don't know, a flux core MIG welder is um, incredibly difficult to achieve good results with. I'll just yeah. leave it at that. It's just kind of sloppy. I mean, yeah. the, it, yeah. it holds together very strong. Yeah, you can, you can penetrate the metal, but yeah. it's not a pretty weld. It's just sloppy. No matter how good you try. Which, you know what? I don't have to have a beautiful looking cooker. It just has to cook good barbecue. Sure. Sure. So uh, the one thing that I like about my pit is that it doesn't... Uh, it has a small exchange between the firebox and the chamber. Uh, but a large exchange between the chamber and the stack. So it moves air very quickly, but you can use the front of the smoker a lot. Like you can use all that area. It's some things we were just talking yeah. about earlier today in a different conversation, but uh, you know, the current design is a, is a very large heat exchanger. And, and what it does is it negates that very first area next to the Yeah, next you can't use like box. a third of your smoker. So. Yeah. But I mean, I also like putting stuff up real close where it's hotter you know you can it's it's you know it's like turning the heat up or down on your stove you can cook different things up well, there. and if you're cooking you know again at the volume you're cooking at and the number of meats you're cooking you have those different zones right, right? I'm not so filling my smoker with brisket every day right. like having it maintain the same temperature end to end is not what I want yeah you need and and there's there's accidental smokers that are like that too, yeah. but, but but it is it is important. I mean, even Andrew's Andrew's pit, you know, one side is running hotter than the other, but it allows us to do things like. That's why I stopped using the thermometer on that one side. Yes, I don't want to know how hot that damn thing is. <laughs> but we but it allows us to, to do things like yeah. like like cook the pork butts and cook the pork ribs on one side and mm -hmm. cook the brisket on the other simultaneously. Yeah, exactly. Which which is a good thing. I mean, as we're finishing the brisket. We can put the pork on a single pit. Right, yeah. yeah. If you and need we, a we thousand two gallons zones. to cook you 25, 30 briskets, then you want that even temp all the way through. Yeah. But, but yeah, if, if you have a cut that can take a higher temp, then yeah, you need those hot zones and those cooler zones, things like that. And one of the things that you guys have done recently is I know you've experimented with some direct heat cooking and you've got a direct heat cooker that you've been using. How did that come into creation? Well, Brad, st Brad started using my welder and then he eventually bought his own. And is then he got a, much, a, much yeah, better at it than court? me. Yes, <laughs> uh, and then he made... Uh, you, need, you need to um, pay this guy a little more. Oh, and, gosh. And buy, um. uh, and buy him a... Uh, go on, and, go on. Uh, at least buy him a gas-powered MIG. Uh, right. And next week's yeah, episode, no. Brad Robinson has left LaRue. <laughs> right. No, I... Yeah, maybe I'll loan you mine. Because I can't I can't weld for crap, but I do have a snap-on gas welder, gas MIG. I have to gloat there a little bit. Just... Not yeah. that I can, not that yeah. I can weld why don't, you wipe, why don't you wipe the dust off of it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, you don't want to see my weld. I told you I was going to show you my weld. It's really bad, but... Um, Brad anyway. very quickly became much better at it than me. He fixed all the mistakes I made on the, on the offset pit on Rusty. And then we were drawing up plans for a much more complicated version of the direct pit. And he just 
basically just built it one day. <laughs> yeah, just kind of whipped it up. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, it's a solid pit. It's just a very basic, because we used to do build uh, the cinder block, uh, like hog, full, whole hog cookers. And it's just carrying that much weight and cinder blocks around, and you only get a couple of cooks out of them. It just seemed a little counterintuitive. So just buying a sheet of steel and making a, essentially just a box. And the quarter inch steel? It's it's, it's eighth inch actually. Eighth inch. Yes, wow, okay. very thin. We were going uh, cost over anything else, but it works great. It's honestly one of the best flavor profiles. That I, I know. I know. Um, I know. Evan was very excited about it because we talked about it. As you moved it around, um, I think it was at Red Dirt, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you had it up at Red Dirt. We're taking it to Chicago. Very well, cool. that's why we built that, because we had, like you were saying, we had these plans for building a more elaborate one out of thicker steel on a trailer, but Red Dirt was coming up, and we knew we needed it for that. It had to be transportable. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why we just kind of said, all right, we can build one for pretty cheap out of thinner steel, and uh, we can always make another one later and just kind of whip that one up and the thinner steel actually it makes it movable so we can lift it up put it in the back of a pickup if we want to take it anywhere so what are you cooking on it right now um a lot of different things we'll cook pork steaks on it we'll cook chicken on it sometimes we'll cook sausage on it we've cooked whole lambs whole goats uh half hogs um what else it's uh, we've taken it out to a few events like we did a couple of bachelor parties where we bring it out yeah. to their location throw some wings on it throw some chickens on it yeah we uh travis actually cooked a brisket on it one day the direct brisket is good it's solid like you talk about a crispy bark yeah the direct, yeah. The direct you do it right i mean and you know look cooper's is cooper's but sometimes it's a really good brisket came right. out good um, it was and they, can, they, and they do a direct heat brisket um it is it is a different animal altogether, though, even though not literally, but figuratively, obviously. So one of the last questions I have, because I'm curious, what's Chud? What is Chud? Cannibalistic Man. human underground dweller. Right? That's me. Now, Chud is uh, its honestly not a very good story, but back in my uh, service industry days, in between uh, the audio world and the barbecue world, when I was really obsessed with cooking in my backyard, I kept posting pictures of meat. And all my friends are like, stop posting so many pictures of meat all the time. So I'm like, all right, I'll just create a separate account for all my, all my barbecue stuff. And then that way I have a separate account that's plugged into the barbecue community. So it became time to name it. And I, we, me and my buddies were all joking around talking like, what's a good sounding Texas barbecue joint? And we, chud was just one of those words that we always used <laughs> as like a, anything, like clean the chud out of the oven or just get that chud off your face. We just thought it was one of those words you could plug in anywhere. It was just, it was just a dumb joke. So I'm like, chud's barbecue. Sounds authentic. Let's go with that. <laughs> so we named it that with no intention of ever actually joining this industry. And then here I am two years later and now I am stuck with that that name so you never know down the road what it'll be too. yeah it could have been worse you could have been unicorn or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. there's a lot worse names you could have been. I, don't know. I like I like kind of hiding behind it too because no one Pixies knows who it is. is. <laughs> right. so, all so. right let's uh let's kind of talk about some of the food we're eating today yes um, just let's to kind of describe some of this um, I'm gonna let Evan do the honors um, we're doing the eating so Evan can do the talking uh, all right, so over here, this is barbacoa. So this is basically uh, pulled and chopped beef cheek, but we uh, top it with some diced onion, queso fresco, cilantro, and a fermented smoked jalapeno salsa. Wow, other than the salsa, we really did steal this dish from Evan. Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Go on. 
we've got Texas Akaushi brisket, uh, some kimchi. Um, and shout the kimchi, out Casper. Yeah, shout out to Ben Hollander, Casper Fermentables. Ben does all of our pickling. He does all of our uh, fermented foods. He is a really, really talented guy. Worked with us at Friedman's also. He was actually a student at UT and lived across the street and just kept coming into Friedman's to eat all the time. <laughs> and, and said he'll pickle anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we pickle anything. We pickle anything. Um, but he is That's super, Portland, super yeah. talented and really smart. So we got the barb, the brisket, the kimchi. We have some beef cheek over here. We have some uh, big red pickled onions. Um, one yeah, of our other guys, uh, Matt great. Favron, made those. This is a sliced porchetta. So what we do is we take that third of the pig, that front third, the shoulder, completely debone it, take off the jowl for bacon, take off the shank for, we just serve a whole pork shank, uh, and we like butterfly out the shoulder, rub it down with garlic and fennel uh, and some and parsley. definitely paste the fennel in there, yeah. Uh, and then tie it up and put it on the smoker. We have some hop sausage, uh, just a garlic pork sausage with some uh, hops in there, some citra hops. Yeah, it's really, really good. And we also have some fried pork skin, some pork rinds on there. These are smoked artichokes with feta cheese and chimichurri. This is a curry chickpea salad. This is a marinated tomatoes, sambal cucumbers. And this is a picnic pasta salad with smoked cheddar and uh, some fermented gherkins. Martin's potato bread. If that didn't make you and hungry. And four Lone Stars. And yeah. four Lone Stars. If and that didn't make you hungry, sauce. though, you're listening to the wrong show. <laughs> um, phenomenal menu here. We, we've really been a big fan. Um, followed you as long as we could ever since we had that first bite over there and knew, you. you know. Um, Back then, uh, the the bark was what. But the whole, us up, I mean, the right? whole spread everything. the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the everything ribs, was the so sausage, good. The sausage, the focaccia, everything that we were eating was great, and it continues. That the evolution of your menus now, we're we're just impressed every time we go, and every time we go, we find something new that we're just blown away by. Whether Thank it's you. the barbacoa, the lengua, which we were hesitant to try, but it was Tongue really was freaking good. good. Yeah, it yeah. is, man. I'm not gonna lie, it was really, really oh, good. The one thing he didn't mention because it's all gone were the, uh, the figs. fermented figs. Oh yeah, yeah. the balsamic figs. Yes. Those are good too. Oh my god. So yeah, the, the, I mean, I love the vinegar. And we've talked about it. It's why we like pickles and why we like the red onions in the first place in general. But the, the pickled items help digest the food, and it, it's a good balance. Breaks to it up. The heavy meats. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, you've done phenomenal. Um, I recommend everybody to come try to eat here. Um, like I said, if you're if you're thinking it's too hot, there's air conditioning. It's not bad at all. Um, because we do like picking on food trucks, but uh, you know can't <laughs> do that. Um, Pickle Lane. We're just off of South. One twenty one Pickle Road. Pickle, Pickle Road. Lane. Pickle it's Road. Not Pickle Lane. This is not <laughs> like where is Archie Lane. and Jughead live. Like I don't. <laughs> Leroy and Lewis Barbecue. That's what we're here for. Absolutely. Pickle uh, Road, not Pickle Lane. Pickle, we're right off of South Pickle Congress. Road, right near South Congress. And ben White, Highway seventy one. If you're one of those people, you can come for lunch. You can come for dinner. It's one of the things we love about this place. Other than the fact that the menu is second to none um it's some of the most exciting food in austin forget barbecue it's some of the most exciting food in austin period and i was limited to one barbecue stop my last trip to austin with my wife it was an anniversary trip so i could only get one barbecue stop in <laughs> so after we went to micklewaite we came here <laughs> <laughs> 
Because I hope I, you just accidentally came here. Oh, because I knew I could talk. Because she will come here. My, my my wife is not the biggest meteor in the world. She'll be the first to tell you she's not the biggest barbecue person in the world. But she loves your food. She's loved your food for the first time I ever brought some home for her. And so Thank it's you. one of the few places I can get my wife to eat, and she enjoys eating it. And she's like, "Bring me back a snack from Evan." So okay, you're, you're Lauren. You're gonna get a snack. Um, you get a little my more wife than a doesn't snack. even eat this food. <laughs> <laughs> but she's missing out. So you're not going to get dessert, but you're going to get a snack. <laughs> Evan, thank you so much. Brad, thank, thank you so you. much. Thanks uh, for having yeah, us. You know, we love what you guys are doing. Congratulations on everything you're doing. Absolutely. Um, can't wait for the brick and mortar, but, you know, we will, obviously, because we have no <laughs> other choice. Yeah. Um, but, but, again, remind people to come down here, yeah, eat if, this food. If you're in Austin this is, and you're on a barbecue run, this is a must-stop. Um, and you don't have to wait in line for three hours, which is even better. So come out, eat it. Um, enjoy it and buy a lot of it because you're not going to want to choose from the menu. Just get a little of everything. And um, we'll talk at you next time.